want to ask you to take your Bibles. We're looking in the New Testament this morning in the book of Ephesians. So if you want to turn there together with us, Ephesians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. We're looking at a couple of verses you should know. Chapter 2, verse 89, and we're continuing. You know, I started last week as we was talking about normally this time of year, end of January, we do our men's Sunday, one of the the Sundays toward the end of January, 1st of February. And so uh, last week I shared a a message about our our testimonies and how important they are. And I just want to continue on that theme this morning. One more Sunday here. So let's look together. You know these verses. So Ephesians 2, this is verse 8, 9. Here's what it says. For by grace you have been saved through faith, That not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. It's not of works, lest anyone should boast. Let's have prayer again together. Lord, thank you for letting us be able to gather this morning. I just pray that you would just allow your word to continue to have an impact upon us. May we each one just be receptive. We know your word never goes out void, and we know it's powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. So Lord, may you just allow us as individuals, just to be receptive and not to miss what you have for us. So may you bless this time. May you allow it to just impact us, to challenge us. And Lord, there may be someone that, uh, as, as a result, they that realize that they don't know you as Lord and Savior. And may this be a day where they can be able to get that settled. May you just pro- provide, Lord, assurance. May you just provide conviction. May you provide hope. And Lord, may we be different because we've been in your house. May your Holy Spirit just have a freedom today. And I just thank you again for each one that's listening, whether it be on the radio, whether it be on Facebook, whether it be outside, car, podcast later. We just pray that you would just bless each one. And we thank you again for each one that's present here inside. And we ask your blessings upon each. And we thank you again in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, you know, we was talking about sharing your faith, and I remember, you probably heard me share this, but Bill Faye listened to his seminar, and him saying two fellows had come to that seminar, and they were signing up out front, getting all some information, different things, and uh, he said he overheard one of them say the other. Well, I, I didn't even realize that you was a Christian. I can't believe that you're here. And the other guy said, well, I didn't know that either, and as he continued, listen, he, he realized those fellows had been working together for over 20 years and did not, and seen each other, talked with each other about every day, but didn't realize that the other one was a Christian. You know, that it's important that people know that you're a Christian. It's important that they know that you have made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. I was at the hospital. They'd asked me to come by and, and see a person that was dying. And unfortunately, uh, they were already in a coma. And but I was talking to someone, and I'd ask them about this individual and if they were a Christian or not. And they said, "No, I don't think so." And uh, they didn't attend church. They weren't a Christian. And uh, well, you know, when they're in a coma, there's just not, not a whole lot that you could do. But when that person had passed, one of the family members said, well, we know that they're better now. Well, listen, if 
you don't know Christ, you're not going to be better. That's just the reality. And it's kind of a, it just makes us sad to even think about that. And that's why it's important that people have a relationship with Christ. Now, you know what somebody said? Well, the good thing is they were a good person. Well, good people, at least good people in your eyes, they don't make it to heaven. Because the truth of the matter is, listen to what this verse says. This verse says it's by grace you've been saved. Saved from what? Saved from your sins. And the truth is we're all sinners and the reality of sin is it brings death. It starts with spiritual death. That is, we are dead spiritually. We don't have the relationship with God that we're supposed to. It also, if something's not done, it's going to lead to physical death. And if something has not taken place then that will turn into eternal death and eternal separation from God. Now, notice also what it says here. Salvation does not come, notice what he says, by yourself. You don't get it yourself. It's not by works. Here's what that means. It means you can't be good enough. You're not good enough. You will not earn your salvation. There's... Warren Wearsby said that somebody told him one time, they said, getting to heaven's like being in a rowboat. One oar is faith and one is works, and you need both of them to go to keep from being in a circle. And he said he responded to them and said, well, that's a good illustration except this, you're not going to heaven in a rowboat. <laughs> and, and, and good works is not a part of it. You know what gets you to heaven? It's, it's grace. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know what, the Bible, you know what our hymn book says? Nothing but the blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood. And so it's grace. What is grace? It's something you don't deserve. It's withholding the punishment that you do deserve and it's receiving righteousness you don't deserve. And so we're saved by grace and we receive it through faith. Well, that's a message that's good news that people need to be able to hear. And so you and I have been placed here to share that message. Now, we all know people that need it. And so maybe through what we've looked at last week and what we've already talked about this week, you can be able to say, you know, I, you've convinced me I need to be able to share, but what am I going to do? How can I be able to share? Well, let me just tell you some things that people are looking for, okay? This might help you. First of all, here's one thing people want to, they want to know, are you authentic? Are you really a Christian? <laughs> now, you know, you know, there's a lot of people out there. There's, there's all kinds of schemes. People are all the time calling on the phone. People are trying to cheat you out of money. You know, it's amazing how many people target our seniors now wanting to be able to scam them, trying to be able to, to steal their money. And so people today, they just don't have a lot of trust in others. And so when somebody starts talking to them about something personal, and by the way, your relationship with God is very personal, they want to know, are you real? Is what you're saying authentic? Is this what you really believe? Is this who you are? And you know. You, you've talked to, 
you've talked to probably enough people or just heard people talk. Hypocrisy just turns people off. So what I'm saying is, you don't have to be perfect. We're not talking about being perfect because none of us are perfect. There's nobody. No one that's present is perfect. Somebody said, you know, I'd come to church, but you think you're perfect. No, we don't. We realize it. It's just by God's grace that we've been saved, that we're Christians. But we want to be real and authentic. And if you've given your heart and life to Christ, you, you, and you realize what He's done for you, you're appreciative. And if you're appreciative, that means you want to live for Him. And if you have received Christ, that means that you are a new person and you want to be different. That doesn't mean you'll be perfect, but you certainly want to be different. And that's what people want to know. Are you authentic? And if you're authentic, they'll want to hear you. They'll want to be able to listen to what you have to say. Let me write this verse down. You can look it up. It's 1 Peter 3.15. Listen to what it says. Peter said, But sanctify the Lord... God in your hearts and always, always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks. They ask you for the reason of the hope that is in you. You know what Peter says? You should be so real that people notice Christ and they'll even come up and ask you. Have you ever had somebody ask you? about your faith, ask you about something from the Bible, that means that they've seen a difference in your life. They've seen Christ working in your life. And so they want to ask you, and I hope if you haven't that you will. Because I hope that you live such a life that they'll want to know. And they're going to come and, and seek you out and ask you for some answers. Now listen, that doesn't mean that we don't want to... Uh, be silent at other times and we're sitting back and waiting for people just to ask. But what I am saying is we want to be ready to be able to share. And you know, when I was young, a lot of times I missed some opportunities because I wasn't ready. I wasn't prepared. I didn't realize that when people were asking me this, they were really searching and looking for some answers. They were really looking for Christ. And I had a grand opportunity to be able to share. And so it really doesn't matter your age. What matters is, is that you're willing to tell them. You're authentic and you're willing to share with them about Christ pointing them to Jesus. So here's a second thing. It's not that just people want to know if you're authentic. They want to know about Jesus. Now, some of you may say, well, it's just I just have a hard time talking about Christ. Well, Listen, here's something you can do. You can, you can challenge people. I was telling someone this week, you can challenge them to read the Gospel of John. Let me tell you what John says. Here's why I say that. John chapter 20, verse 31. Here's what John said. These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in His name. So John said, I've wrote this Gospel for a purpose. You know what that is? So that you can believe in Jesus. You can know who He is. So that's how come, one of the reasons I challenge people, hey, why don't you read the Gospel of John? By the way, you know John 3.16 is in there. There's one fellow who couldn't even read or write, but he memorized John 3.16. His pastor was amazed because every week he was bringing someone, or sometimes more than one, with him 
And they were coming to make professions of faith and to be baptized. And he said, how could you do that? Because he knew John 3.16. He knew Jesus Christ personally and he shared his faith. And through that verse, he led people to Christ. It's a verse that can make an impact. You know what Jesus said in John chapter 12, verse 32? He said, if I am lifted up. And there he was talking about the cross. But he said, when I'm lifted up, I'll draw all men to me. I'm going to tell you something. When you talk about the cross and what Christ did on the cross, His Holy Spirit is working and drawing people. And it can have an impact. And so we challenge people to read the Gospel of John. And I'll tell you this. You challenge them while they're reading to do this, to pray. Pray two things. One, Lord, reveal who Jesus is to me. Two, Lord, if you love me, reveal that to me. And you say, isn't that kind of dangerous? No, it's not dangerous because this is the Word of God. And the Holy Spirit works through the, the Word of God. And that's basically, the whole, he, that's what He's promised us. That's what the purpose of John is. And if you get somebody to be sincere about that type of prayer, you know what they're going to find out? Jesus is real. He is the Son of God. And they're also going to find out God loves them because God is going to be at work in their hearts and minds. And so you challenge them to do that. Here's something else people want to know. They want to know about heaven. I'm just amazed. People want to know about heaven. Life and death, it's real. And so people want to know, is heaven a real place? I remember doing a funeral years ago, and there's a young pastor that was assisting. I was going to do the funeral. He was assisting. And so, uh, you know, sometimes when you're assisting, it's the hardest because it's kind of, you're like, I'm not exactly sure what to say. I don't want to say too much. I don't want to make it harder for the guy that's actually sharing the message. And so this guy got up and he just basically read four passages of scripture all dealing with heaven. And why? What a, he did such, a, he read with such a assurance, such an excitement. This is, And you could just tell, he believed this. And you know what, it, it just, I could just tell, it just put people at peace and at ease. It was just such a comfort and assurance to people. There was one person, one pastor was sharing with a guy at the hospital that was dying. And he, he said, hey, let me read a passage of Scripture to you. And he read. Revelation chapter 21, first four verses. I don't know if you've read Revelation 21, the first four verses, but he read those. And that guy said, oh, I love that. Would you read it again? So he read it again. He said, that's so good. Could you read that one more time? He said, well, what part did you really like? He said, I like the no more part. That's verse 4. Here's what it said. Verse 4, chapter 21. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Boy, isn't that comforting? And people want to know that. They want to know about heaven. And so, uh, it, it's just important that we're able to share. You know, I tell you, I was at a funeral not long ago. And there was a layman that had got up to speak. And I could just, I'm going to tell you, it was such a sad time. And people were just tore up. And this guy got up, and he spoke with such confidence, assurance about heaven. 
And, it, and you could tell, you could just sense it's real. And I tell you, it changed everything. It changed everything when you know that somebody is going to heaven. When you know that heaven's a real place. And that's what people want to know. Is heaven real? You better believe it's real. It's real because God is real. Jesus Christ was a real person that walked upon this earth. And he lived, he died, and he lives again. And heaven is a place that he's promised for us. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. That where I am, there you may be also. And so it's real. And that's what people want to know. And when people know that you're authentic, they know you know something about Jesus and you know a little bit about heaven. And listen, I'm not saying you've been to heaven. I'm just saying we know about it because of the Bible, about the truth. Then then people want to hear from you. That being said, we've all got a story that we can tell. And so let me just give you just a basic outline. We've had it. Before, and just let me just share a basic outline of how you can share your testimony. First, you want to start with what you was like before you met Christ. Now, you know, we talked about testimonies. They're all different. You know what? Sometimes when I'm sharing with somebody and I've learned their situation, I don't share with them my testimony. I'll share your testimony. Because I realize, you know what, I believe they can relate to you. And I'll tell them about you. But what, you, what was you like before Christ? I tell you, I, when I became under conviction, it was my father died when I was 10. You've heard my, me give my testimony. My father died when I was 10. And I just became scared about death. I just realized, you know what, this guy could die. He never was sick. He's a big, strong fella. He had a massive heart attack, and he died. And I thought, if he could die, anybody could die. That means I could die. And so at night, I just think about it. I just became fearful. And here's th something that I knew. Even at 10 years old, I knew that if I stood before God, I was in trouble because I knew that I was a sinner. You say, well, you couldn't have committed a lot of sin at 10. It didn't matter. I knew at 10 that I had disobeyed God, broken His commandments. I knew I was a sinner and I knew I'd be in trouble. That's what I knew. Well, then people, what you need to do then is find out how, how did you get to know Jesus? Well, I came under conviction and I realized that Jesus had paid the price for sin. He had offered something that I wanted. Jesus had conquered death. And I knew that He could give peace and help me not to be afraid of death. And that's what I wanted more than anything else. And so you know what? I would pray at night. But I don't know if you've ever felt this way, but I just didn't feel like my prayers were getting anywhere. There was something that was missing. I had my brother, we pretend like having church. I saw people giving their heart and life to Christ at church. And so I had him just pretend like we was at church and do an invitation. And I would walk the aisle didn't work. But one Sunday I was in church. About a, about a year. And, you know, I, like I said, I just worried. I was a worrier and I just worried and I'd lost sleep. And you know, 10, I just wasn't at peace like you should be as a, as a child. So one Sunday I just decided I just had to do something. 
came under conviction, and I just, uh, I just felt the Lord moving, and, and I just started crying. I said, Lord, I have to do something. I don't know what to do, but I just give you myself, and I stepped out, and it was just like the Lord met me and said, that's all I want. I'd made it too hard. You know what he says here? He says, by faith. That's all it takes is faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's done the work. He's done everything for you. It's a gift that he gives. You just have to receive it by faith. And I received it by faith that day. And you know, has he made a difference in my life? You better believe it. Where does good works come in? It comes in afterwards. Listen. Some people say, you know, my testimony is so simple that it's just, I can tell it just like that and it's over. Let me show you something. Here in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, Paul gives this very outline. Let me show you. Go, if, you're, if you've got your Bible open there, look back with me in verse 1. Verse 1 through 3. This is your past. Listen to what Paul said. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. That's you. If you don't know Christ, you're dead in trespasses and sin. Listen to this. Verse 2. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. You know what Paul said? Satan was at work. And you may not realize it, but he was at work and he he was leading and guiding and you was following him. Verse 3 among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling desires of the flesh in our mind. We were just about ourselves. We were just, it was about making me happy and no one else. And that's who I was. It was a sin nature. Paul says, that's your past. That's your testimony. That's who you were. But guess what? See, verse 8 and 9 then comes to a testimony about Christ. And if you're going to be saved, how are you saved? It's by grace that you've been saved, through faith. It wasn't of yourself, it's a gift, not of works, so that you can't boast. Nobody can boast, except in Christ. And so, uh, then he, so that's your testimony. But then notice verse 10. Verse 10 is your future. For we are His workmanship. You know what that means? His masterpiece. And so once you become a Christian, God is constantly working in your life. His Spirit is in there. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. Your life is to be different. And the good works comes afterwards. So that's what you're like after Christ. That's your testimony. So Paul basically just outlined it in Ephesians. You and I, we've experienced some things and so we can add to that. We tell people about our past, how we found Christ, and we tell them about our future. But ultimately, you know why we do that? It's because we want other people to be able to have what we've experienced. I've told people, I know what it's like to be able to lose sleep. I know what it's like to be able to know that if I died, I'm not going to heaven. Therefore, when I found a peace after struggling with that for a year, when I found that peace, I think that's one of the reasons the Lord brought me into ministry so that I could have the joy of helping other people to find that same peace, to be able to know Christ. And when it boils down to two things that I really, 
if people, if I'm going to help somebody know Christ, there's two things more than anything else they need to do. One, they need to repent of their sin. I need to help people. When it boils down to it, people need to know that they're sinners. And you just want to be able to turn from that sin. Turn away from it. That's how you, you part of repentance implies forgiveness. And so I'm turning from my sin. I'm turning toward God. I'm seeking His forgiveness. And here's the second thing, faith. I'm basically receiving Jesus Christ by faith. I'm asking Christ by faith to allow what He did upon the cross to apply to me. It's faith. That's what I'm after. Do you know? You and I have family and friends. We know there's people that we come in contact with all the time. That's what they need is Christ. We can't be silent. If you're silent, they may never make a decision. They may never. I talk to people and I say, hey, is so-and-so a Christian? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? They're in your family. You don't know? Don't know. We need to be able to know so that we can be able to pray, so that we can be able to share. Because the day's coming. It's going to happen. And you may say, well, it's a way off. Who knows that? Every day, they get, every day someone is dying. And it's surprising sometimes how old. Every day, somebody's finding out they've got cancer. Every day, somebody's finding out they've got COVID. Somebody's finding out they've got some type of disease. And it's going to happen. That's why it's important that we're able to share with them the one that can actually help them and give them peace. And not just give them peace, but help us to have peace. That's why it's important that we share our faith. And so this time of year when we normally have testimonies, people getting up and telling us it's motivating, it's encouraging. And so I wanted to take time to be able to challenge you and to motivate you and say, yep, we still need to share. We need to tell others about Christ. And I hope that you'll take this outline and you'll be able to think it through. And if you get the opportunity, that you'll be bold. You may be scared, but you'll be bold. And you'll share your faith. Listen, God doesn't expect you and I to be perfect. He just expects us to be obedient. And if we're faithful, we can make a difference. I heard about a fella that he, he set uh, tanks where, where people, uh, porta-potties, he said he had set some. Somebody was having a wedding. He had set one. and So he said he went to pick that up. And this fella said, you know, uh, you know, setting these porta paws, you may know something about toilets. He said, at my house, something's messed up. It's all stopped up. He said, could you help us? He said, I got a couple more stops. He said, I'll stop by your house and help you. He said he stopped in. And this was a <clears throat> new, newly uh, married couple. And the lady, she said, you must be sent by God because nobody does something for free. And he said, it could be. He said in about an hour, he had them fixed up. They'd run something to clean out that line. And he said in an hour, he had that unclogged for them. And he said, uh, he began talking to him. He said, you know, you'd mentioned God. 
do you all know the Lord? And they weren't Christians. So he talked to them a little bit. The next week he brought a Bible through. And then he had something take place in his own life where he had to be in the hospital. And so he said in a few weeks they called him. They said, hey, our life's not right. And we can't help but to get over what you've been talking to us about as far as God. Could you come over and talk to us? And he said, well, he said, I've had surgery. I'm not able. He said, but let me tell you where I live and you come over to my house. And they came over to his house and he answered questions and questions and questions. And finally he said, do you have any more? And they said, no. He said, what would keep you from giving your life to Christ? And he led that couple to Christ. And you know, sometimes you just never know. Sometimes it opens up a door because you're authentic in the way you live. Sometimes because you're willing to give, go an extra mile because people don't do that. And people are interested. And they say, what makes you different? And then you got the chance to tell them. It's Christ. What a privilege and an honor. There's no greater joy and no greater honor than to know you've had a part in somebody knowing Christ. And we're going to have a moment of prayer. And they, they may be somebody here today that needs to make a decision, maybe a recommitment. And listen, I'm going to hang around. I'm going to be right here. And if you want to talk to me, uh, you can you can just let you can just drive up afterwards or let them know, and I'll, I'll be right there. Or you can, those inside, I'll be right up here. I'll be glad to talk with you and show you how you can have a relationship, be in prayer with you. Maybe you just want to make a recommitment. Maybe there's somebody you're concerned about. Let's take a moment and let's have prayer together. Lord, thank you for letting us gather this morning. It is so great to be able to study your word, to be challenged by it, just to be able to hear it the truth of Your Word. And I just want to thank You, Lord, that we know that we're saved by grace, through faith. It really isn't of ourselves. It's a gift. A gift! You love us that much. It's a gift. Lord, I want to thank You when we receive that gift. We're Your workmanship. You're at work in our life, shaping us, molding us, helping us to become like Christ. And so, Lord, I... I know that there may be somebody here that would say, you know, I would be a witness, but I'm not, I've not been very authentic. I've not lived for Christ. Maybe there's people that need to rededicate themselves. There may be somebody that says, I need that grace. Help them today to be able to stick around, to be able to, in faith, to take a step toward you. Lord, I just pray that your will could be done. And I thank you for each person's here. And I pray a special blessing on each one. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.